is everybody in is everybody in the podcast is about to begin graveyard grumbler podcast hello everyone welcome to the graveyard grumbler podcast i am your host tino romero jr aka the graveyard grumbler and today i have a guest that is i don't know i can't really introduce him or can't really uh, you know I'll, i'll just let this speak for itself hold on My brother, Marcos Romero. Marcos, how's it going? What's going on with you today? Uh, It's going pretty good. Today's my Monday, so here's that. Well, that's the best part of the day, and unfortunately, you're stuck on your graveyard rotation, as so am I. So, I mean, we have that going on, which, I mean, isn't very confident, but... Which I think it'd be pretty fitting, uh, us doing this interview on our Mondays and the name of your podcast. So I think uh, all of our ducks are in a row. Well, yeah, that was the whole reason why I came out with the Graveyard Grumbler podcast, because when I started the podcast, I was primarily on Graveyard Shift, which which is absolutely shitty. But it's legend has it that some of the best thinkers were Graveyard. I think Einstein did several decades of Graveyard until he offed himself with a key of Coke and some uh, a fifth of Jack, I believe. I think that's how it ended for him. Well, there was that uh, uh, guy in London. He was uh, he was he was a, a good night guy, man. I um, who the hell was it? Uh, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, that was that was another guy too. He was, he was on it on the graveyard session. He did he did primarily work graveyard. I, I do remember that. Uh, I remember uh, seeing him in the in the hotel one day when I was heading out for my for my tea time. So that was a good time. I remember that. He was a good guy. So today we actually have a pretty cool show uh, in in store for you, not for you, Marcos, but for my listeners. He has, uh, I think, if people have understood or not have mentioned that uh, Ana Maria and or my sister and me, Anna, we've all had the uh, we talked about it on my podcast how you've had some pretty crazy experiences and with with uh, a few of my episodes, I've I've touched base on shadow people paranormal yeah, just pretty much anything that's creepy and if uh i'm not mistaken which i very easily could be on one of the the lives that you did with our sister she was you two actually talked about pretty creepy experiences of that you've that you've had regarding paranormal slash possible shadow people but before we get into that my question for you is what do you believe and what are your thoughts on shadow people in the hat man and how realistic or how believable are people's stories and encounters that have been shared all around the world now mind you that a lot of people have had it's almost the same exact experiences and shared almost exact details of the encounters with shadow people in the hat man that live in different parts of the world and are different ages come from different cultures blah 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 so what are your thoughts and feelings on shadow people in the hat man um you know, to show respect to, to, you know, both sides of the table, both believers and non-believers, um, I, I err on the side of uh, the, the understanding that there could be different forms uh, of shadow people or what is widely known as shadow people. Uh, different cultures have different uh, understandings. So how I under, understand my experience and, and base it in comparison laterally to the people who 
I've seen on TV, I myself have never gotten the privilege or the honor to interview anybody else or even talk to anybody else in person other than, you know, my immediate family uh, that, that share the same experiences. But how I would understand it for, for me is the fear. When they talk about it, it's unmistakable. You see it across the board, um, whatever religion, whatever ethnicity, it's that that un, unexplainable fear, that, that look of horror that they have on their face. That, for me, um, you can't act that out. You know, I've seen people pretend to be scared, but I've also seen people um, have that fight or flight look in their face and unanimously across the board. I've noticed that even people, real people, real encounters have always had that oh shit look on their face. So that you know, that's that's how I would understand it. So I mean, with with other people's stories and uh, interactions that they've had with with the shadow people, the only thing that you can relate to is the fear. Is that what I'm understanding? You can't relate to the other. Uh, stories as far as what they've identified, what they've experienced. It's just only the fear that you can, that you can relate to. I relate the fear first before I relate the story. Um, you, it's hard to tell me on a story without that expression, without that, that kind of um, feeling of it. I would say that some stories are comparable, but again, with different, cultures and different religions. I don't want to say that every experience with a shadow person is, you know, directly the same with the next person, the next person down the line. I have my own, um, you know, to make it a little comical to better understand it. Maybe my fucking shadow guy, you know, uh, wore a fedora and tap dancing at some fucking tune or, you know, maybe in some other culture that dude comes in, uh, you know, with the, the one eyeglass thing, like the little peanut guy, who knows? But the thing is, is first is the fear, you know, it, that's what gets me. Every story is going to have its own, in which I firmly believe that's what the shadow person um, has the, the direct, um, what am I trying to say here? Um, that's, that's basically their motive, you know, to make sure that they get deep within your knowledge of fear and they bring that out. Me personally, my stories may be a little bit different with somebody else's. We may intertwine stories. We may have some similarities in our stories, but I believe that each other person's encounter is there to, to bring in the unmistakable fear in that individual. And so, so is, if I'm, if I'm understanding this properly, so you think that, or you, yeah, you think that the, the whole intention of the shadow people was to terrify the shit out of them, correct? I believe that they're here for a purpose that we don't understand, um, causing fear, I believe, is basically as equal as their left hand is to their right hand. Whatever purpose they do, their other purpose is to make sure that we stay scared, we stay in fear. Because um, if you look at it, every encounter, again, is different, but none of them have not had fear none of them never had curiosity none of them or excuse me just curiosity or 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 um just a moment of surprise it been utter terror fear so whatever their purpose is i don't believe we can fully understand that yet until we get over that uh overwhelming fear so what do you what do you think your the in your in your opinion what do you think their the intention of the shadow people are what 
what I mean, you said that they they they're also uh, they're also uh, hold on, I, I wrote it down, so my mind is going back and forth. So, you uh, what, what what is the intention? You said the intention is to scare people and keep people in fear, but for what's the reason? What 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 other underlying purpose do you think that shadow people have in order to do what they do? Like, what's their job description? What do you think is the whole purpose that they're that they're going for? Finish the race. Finish, finish the race. What race? What do you mean? What I mean by that, what I mean by that is if you have a life of wrong or if you have things in your life that um, haven't been most favorable and you keep kind of that, that self-doubt, that, that self-loathing, that just really coming down on yourself, you're halfway there. Whatever higher power, whatever lower power, no pun intended, is out there, I believe they're there just to help you finish the race. So if for, you're going down the shit road, they're there just to kind of give you that Gatorade of shit and say, come on, bud, let's finish it up. You already know where you're going. Why fight it? And so you're, you're, you think that the ultimate goal is for, is for the shadow people to have whoever they're tormenting to kill themselves? Of course. Oh, okay. Of course. Well, that's what, that's the what, same thing I thought too. Explanation? Yeah. What other explanation could there be? You, you've literally come to, um, adversities in one's life that led you to sorrow and maybe wrong decisions, um, sadness. So they're there to pray and to um, capitalize on that point or, or rest area in your life. Meaning you're, you're at that point of saying, man, can it get better? Can it get any worse? That's where you allow yourself to be more receptive to this good and evil exists no matter if you believe it or not you'll never find an an, an old animal out in the wild oh so good and evil but do you think good and evil you you said that regardless if you believe in it or not i mean good and evil in my opinion i don't think it comes from a spiritual realm i think that good and evil is a moral compass that that's brought up and raised and and was taught through childhood i, I don't think that there's a legitimate good god bad devil i don't i don't think that since i mean biblically standing if you look at the history of it the devil was was the son of of god or or god's right hand man or whatever and was casted down but technically god has more bodies and more more uh, ending of humanity than the devil has i mean if you look at the chalkboard you have more more tick marks on god's side because of the plagues and the and the flooding and i mean initially he he erased the uh uh, the creation of man because he said he fucked up pretty much that hey you know this isn't good and then of course when uh, eve uh, was was seduced into eating the apple and then you know the whole flood and all that so i if if you want to go there to if we're not you not you specifically but if, if you want to talk about the the good and evil i think god in in a technical a statistical standpoint is a lot more evil than than satan but and as far as like good versus evil, I personally think that it's more like a moral compass on how you're raised and what your surroundings are. You know, some people are able to escape it. Some people aren't. But how would that relate into the the tormenting of the shadow people? Like what what do you think is is the power or the force behind the shadow people? Is it like a, a union work? That's very funny. I believe and uh, in, in knowing uh, based on my own experience and I can only uh, speak on behalf of myself. Um, I don't want to say depression, you know, because there, there's a lot of things at times that uh, medically and scientifically. So I, I'll, I'll, stay, I'll stay away from that word, even though obviously I, I dropped that 
it, it's not meant in that direction. I believe uh, willpower. Um, if you don't find something, if you don't look at the glass half full, you're leaving yourself open. Uh, and vice versa, if I have the glass half full, uh, I'm expecting a, a, an enlightenment. And again, I didn't say God. I didn't say uh, Jesus or I didn't say, you know, any of that. I said good and evil exist, just like the willpower of right and wrong. If you have that understanding in life, error usher on that side. So therefore, it goes back. If you're down and out and you've experienced these trials and tribulations and these um, moments in your life to where it's just beating you down and your willpower is no longer there, I firmly believe that the union of workers of the shadow people will come out and say, hey, but they're just here to finish it up. Yeah. Hold on. Hold, hold on real quick. Hold on. All right. I apologize for for that. It, it, I mean, I know we were in the middle of a, of a description and a, and a conversation, but uh, like I was just telling my brother, this 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 is the first time my audio has ever dropped during a damn recording, and it cut off a, a huge portion of the beginning of of another conversation or another or the beginning of of the explanation that that Marcos was giving. So if when this pod when this episode gets released and the audio is choppy, it's because I had to do heavy editing to make sure that everything kind of flows in. <laughs> And I, I don't understand how, how my audio all of a sudden is just jinxed. I mean, I, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, it never, it's never happened. Like I was telling him earlier or just a few minutes ago, uh, I've done with uh, our sister, I've done an hour and a half recording my, my uh, interview that I did with uh, Eve S. Evans. That was almost two hours long and I had no drop of audio. I do not even 15 minutes of this damn interview and all of a sudden my, my audio cuts out. I don't understand. And someone put some bad juju on you or something, but let's try to... Yeah, Heavy subject, dude. So let, let's kind of let's kind of draw back into into what we were talking about. Uh, so you you keep mentioning about your experiences, your experiences. So now is the time. I mean, that's why I didn't ask you earlier because it was kind of like a build up, you know, like a cinematic reveal. Uh, it, it's where at this point in time is where if you know, depending on how much you want to share, you know, tell us about what experiences can other people know about know about you and what, what have you gone through and how this had made you feel from the first time up, up until current time. So please share with us your, your experience. Uh, currently, you know, it still happens every now and then, uh, experience, it dates back to my childhood, you know, a full in depth of that. It would be more, uh, for the viewers to go to our sister's YouTube channel, subscribe and, uh, hit the notification bell and then like it. It better to understand, you know, in a two-hour explanation on, on different experiences. But uh, for now, I can say it, it makes it makes you feel alone. It makes you feel crazy. It makes you feel uh, scared. Uh, 32 years old, I've done seven, eight years in the oil fields. I'm a crane operator and a truck driver as my brother and I'm pretty sure he knows as well as I do we've encountered some of some pretty hairy shit you know to where you're out there you're like man I might not make it home tonight and that being said I'd rather do that a hundred times over than have some of the most uh, you know scariest experiences of my life repeat themselves both in my childhood early teens um, early to mid 20s and even now um, now it's you know, quieted down again. It's kind of on that downward slope of nothing's really popping off. 
But when it gets when it gets going, man, it gets bad. Just fear, uh, just unimaginable fear that overwhelms you. Well, during one one of the stories that that you talked about or that you shared on on uh, Anna's YouTube live was was the. And I mean, you, you shared a lot on that, you know, on that, uh, on that interview, but the one, the one particular, the one specifically that really like kind of like dug in the back of my head was the, the ugly, beautiful lady. What, you know, again, man, it's, it's one of those, it, it's one of those to where unless, you know, unless the, it is, it's described or explained, no one's going to know what the hell you're talking about. So, I mean, if at the very least explain that, 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 encounter that you had because that one right there was to me was the one that stuck out i mean yeah you had you had several other creepy ones and some pretty intense ones but to me i mean that one really stuck out to me it, it, it's because it, it was such a bizarre and intense encounter that you know you, it's like one of those things that what how how is that even possible and then your brain starts wondering behind the the explanations or what would cause it. And, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll give a little more into that, but just explain that little, that little encounter that you had. Yeah. Uh, in my bedroom, um, you know, I, I, at that, at that point in time, you know, uh, kind of hopscotching here to the shadow, uh, people and encounters and what's going to happen now. So I've developed a sleeping routine and it was, a uh, was one of, pretty pretty un, unstable sleep i would sleep a certain way to kind of peer out to the doorway my daughter just walked in give me a second guys and uh back to it me having a, a visual of the door allowed me to know when you know when the shit was going to happen the, the shadow people would kind of pop in and kind of give a little hey, how's it going? obviously not in that uh, context but you know they would they would let me know they're there uh, visually. Uh, so with me developing this routine, uh, this particular night, uh, a lady, I think I just dozed off if I, if I remember. Uh, most of these, if again, I say it in the YouTube channel and I say it now, if I say if I remember right, it's because um, along with fear, I do a very, very damn good job of trying to block a lot of this stuff out. It'll kind of just ramp everything back up again. And also what I do that requires my concentration at work. So I can't be distracted, nor will I be. So my apologies if I say, if I remember correctly, the lady um, was at the edge of my bed and uh, was just beautiful, beautiful hair. I haven't even seen her, her face at this point. Just beautiful hair. She was, she was brushing her hair, um, extremely long hair. Uh, you, you can even just tell by the framing of her shoulders how much of a beautiful, delicate specimen she carried herself in. And when she, I think, believe got maybe two, three strokes of the brush in, at, at mid, mid stroke of it, she turned her head. I, I, yeah, she turned her head and was just breathtaking it wasn't sexual it, and again i'm a young hormonal teenager at this point but nothing of that was a sexual sensation it was literally just unimaginable love breathtaking beauty and in that instance as quick as i understood her beauty the most horrendous person in the same motion it confronted me 
there was no cackling. There was no laughing. It was just staring into the abyss of un- unimaginable fear that I, even with a shadow people, I've never experienced. That level of fear caused me to actually urinate on myself. I couldn't speak. I could the, the amount of fear that was in me allowed me to do no sense, nothing. I wasn't able to scream. I wasn't able to scoff or just moment in time felt like eternity. And she had this just, just yellowish cake to her. It wasn't like rotting skin. It was just like, um, you know how apples kind of get that weird yellow cake to that to the to the inside of it yeah it it was like that she was just just horrendous what her skin wasn't like she wasn't a zombie or anything like that but it was just it was i i believe the transition that she showed me made me understand that death would have been a relief for her because what she was in front of me just resembled everything in the world, everything in existence, bad, everything. And if it sounds, you know, the explanation sounds very childlike and very innocent. Obviously, at the time, I was, I was still a teenage boy, so um, that's the best way I can explain it. It's just when she turned from that beautiful woman in that one single motion to this ungodly creature. Um, it put, you know, the most scariest feeling of fear and terror that I never wish to relive again. And I firmly believe that if a bad center, bad would have had to have a, a, a freaking leash and that straight board like they did Hannibal Lecter. That's, I firmly believe that's how evil and bad that, that lady was. And that, that, that was a different uh, encounter from the shadow people, though. That was like two different two different things, right? Uh, correct. In which, again, I believe that's why I say they're there to finish the race. I keep touching back on this because now as an adult, that's what I feel uh, I can understand is that if they see you kind of, you know, coming out from the trenches and really doing um, better with willpower, I believe it's more of a, hey, if we crack it, you know, crack down harder, more terror, more fear. And God damn it. If they didn't set my ass straight on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go, before we keep going on, I just want to drop this disclaimer as I do every single time uh, depression and suicide is, is mentioned. If you're suffering from depression or having thoughts and wanting to hurt yourself or even, you know, uh, having un, un well thoughts, uh, wanting to end your life, please go seek help. Uh, call a help center. Call your local helpline. Unfortunately, from around the world, I wouldn't know what line that is, but uh, here in America, there is a 1-800 number that you can call. It's available 24 hours a day, and it, it's better to talk to someone about the issues and, and make you at least get through whatever you're suffering from instead of keeping it from yourself. I, I get, I'm keeping it for yourself, for other people. I guarantee you, you call these people on the helplines and they're there to listen. It's better to talk to someone than not to talk to anyone at, at all. So uh, that was just my disclaimer as I do every time depression and suicide is, is brought up on the show. So absolutely agree. You know, if uh, it's crazy that that so it's such intense encounters happened with you and with with uh, with our sister. I mean, I don't know if the intense the intensity is there with with uh, with our sister as it is with you, 
But my thoughts, if I and I even brought this up with with uh, with Anna several times, is it what what possibly could made the, make the difference between the the four people above you? You know, like our older sister Maria, myself, uh, Anna, and then you. You know, we've all had different encounters. Although I don't know if if Maria has shared or had any relatable or anything intense enough to actually be worried about it. Although, you know, she's with all, you know, with all respect and joking aside, she is worried about a lot of stuff. So, I mean, it's probably just another, another notch on the worry belt, but I don't know what, what the difference is between, you know, your, your, your older siblings and then the, the intensity that you have with yourself. I, I just haven't, I haven't found the the reasoning from it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's one of those to where, well, that's easy explainable. Uh, that's that's not a mystery at all. You can call Scooby Doo and the gang off on that one. What, what do you what do you think it is? Oh, I know, I know what it is. It's the death of my father or our father. How you guys were able to cope with it was a little bit better for your guys' age group. And and again, please make no mistake. This isn't a, a poor me or a pity. This is a, a an understanding as an adult seeing the event unfold affecting the mind and, and, and the, the understanding of life and death to a young boy, a, a five-year-old. Um, you were, I believe, what, 12? Yeah, when, yeah, when he passed, it, I was 12 years old. Right. So uh, at that point, what was your understanding of life and death? Uh, well, at the time when I was 12, my understanding was the whole fairy tale that, that at that time, that was when I, I was actually kicked in the nuts with a, with the pointed steel toe boot that uh, the fantasy picture that was painted for me about, you know, the happiness and the, and the heaven, the angels come and, and pick them up and everything's going to be fine. And then no one feels any sorrow, any remorse or any pain. It was, it was not realistic at all. I mean, it was, it was quite the opposite, unfortunately, you know, for me personally at 12, when, when I saw him drop and, and die on, on, as as soon as he hit the ground and then the emotional, uh, the emotional battles between everyone and, and how blame game, oh, all me. And then being completely irrelevant as a, as a child kind of made me understand that, holy shit, death isn't this magical, uh, you know, celebrated thing you know there's no there's no me for me again for me personally that's that's actually the following days when i decided that i'm gonna become atheist because it just doesn't make any sense that something that intense can be a gift from god so to speak but uh at 12 years old it was it was it was quite it, it was it was traumatic you know what i mean i mean i lost my my role model i lost my hero i lost everything i aspired to be so at that time i was completely lost and so my understanding for from death from what i was taught through uh, through the catholic upbringing and then what reality was were complete opposites man it was like hot and cold getting thrown in mixed in with vinegar oil and a and a and a hint of musk to try to cover up <laughs> to cover up the reality of it <laughs> and with that being said, and I take nothing away from that, as I, I, I grew as I grew up, I knew and saw how much it affected you and you know both both the sisters. But my explanation is that it the the bus just stopped. It had no explanation. It had no understanding to give me, for I was not old enough to even go into the realm of the type of emotional state you guys were in 
the type of conversations you guys were previewed to, whether they were appropriate or not for your guys' age category. You know, what's, as a five-year-old boy. You, you know what's crazy? Uh, to to put a pause on that, to put a pin on on that on that subject, what you said about or what, what you said about the the different conversations. What's crazy is is the different the different levels of conversation. Like uh, our older sister, of course, being the oldest, she had the more adult themed conversation about what the plan for the future is and what's going to happen. Uh, the conversation with uh, with Anna, which is our next oldest sister, our youngest oldest sister that conversation was completely different. And then when it came to me, I had no conversation. There was no, there was no, Hey, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is the new explanation. No, it was kind of like, you know, just to sum it up, it it was, well, he's gone. It's over. Deal with it. You have no, you have no reason, no excuse and no, uh, no validity to feel any depression or any sorrow or even mourn for an extended period of time. And then for you being the, being the, the baby at five, six years old, there was, there, there was zero. I mean, there was less of an effort to make any explanation to help you cope and understand, which it doesn't make any sense. And I've mentioned that on one of my, on one of my episodes, I think it was actually the day Superman died. I think that was the episode that I, that I said was, it doesn't matter how old the kid, is, the kid is, you know, if the kid is old enough to understand you know, that, Hey, the person I've seen every day is no longer around. Then that kid is also going to mourn and have the same emotional roller coaster as everyone else. It doesn't matter the age. Yeah. Some are intense. Some aren't as intense, but the point, the point is, you know, explanation and uh, comfort still needs to be brought in and not just kind of ignored and, and hope it goes away. I, I can't stand that about the, the Mexican culture. It doesn't make any sense to me, but go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to throw my two cents in. No, 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 absolutely right. Uh, and uh, we don't want to stray too far off the subject is, you know, what, what we were asking originally, you know, how did this affect you? What do you think your understanding is? That's exactly where it came from. Um, it's like jumping off of uh, something high and you, you, you hit flat foot, bam, and you get that really fucking sharp stinging pain. And you're like, oh, fuck, it's hurting. Okay, it hurts a lot more. Holy shit, this really, really hurts. That's the level of explanation and um, preview you guys got. I didn't. I just woke up and it hurt. I had no understanding. I had no explanation. I was a child. I was a baby. He doesn't know anything. He's not going to feel it. I saw my dad one day. I saw him dead. And I saw him in a coffin. And I was made to kiss him on the face. Those those scenes in my head have just destroyed me, um, both growing up and as a, as a, as a you know a father to my own children. I have I wish to God and anything out there, God or gods, whatever it is, that those moments in my brain could just be eradicated. To have no memory of my father would be better than to wake up with his cold skin still fresh on my lips as a 32 year old young man. So what do you, how, how do you, how do you relate or how do you think that, that the, um, the ugly, beautiful, horrific woman had any, had any effect and, or not effect, but had any coincidence or was, was, uh, related to, uh, to the whole traumatic, uh, traumatic experience of losing our dad. How do you, how do you relate those? Was getting stronger. I was a young, dumb punk, and I, I was starting not to give a shit. I was starting to be a loudmouth. I was starting to be brave, and uh, starting to lose a you know a, a lot of sense of moral and well-being, and you know young gentlemanness that I was instilled with our mother. I was starting to stray away from that, 
And I, in a, in a, in a weird twisted way, I was developing strength. I was developing more of a hardened callous soul and an understanding of life. And they, as they, as shadow people, they didn't want that. They wanted me to stay in that state of fear, that state of terror. Um, the young horrific lady that was there, uh, basically reminded me and allow me to understand uh, it's inevitable. Uh, you don't escape. Once you've, once you've allowed yourself to have that amount of uh, weakness, I don't know how to get out. So I can't tell you the other end of that book. But I can tell you once you've allowed yourself to become susceptible, it feels eternity, you know? Have, have, have you taken any steps to, to try to, I mean, cause you know, when, when you, when we jump into the, to the, you know, the, the healing and the spiritual aspect of everything, they have certain things, you know, you can, you can sage yourself, you can take a holy water bath, you can say 9,000 prayers, you can bless the house, bless yourself and whatever, you know, whatever Make things that they have that, that they have to help lessen or pretty much rid you of, of whatever torment you're suffering from. Have you done any of those? Have you taken any of the steps to get that done? Absolutely. Our sisters come over here. My mother's come over here. Even uh, finish that. They come over here and blessed and staged and, you know, give their walk through whatever's followed me growing up. You could even uh, ask my, our sister, it scared me the living shit out of her. Um, she won't come in our bedroom at all. It's, it's too much for her. I don't know if it's on a, a visual level or a spiritual level, but um, I mean, she, she left our, our residence. And she was just fucking drained. You would you would have thought she just hit the gym for four fucking hours. She was sweating profusely and she was just exhausted and tired. And did, did that help at all, or was it kind of like a pause? Was it like no. a, a you no, know, let's go? Not even. It's not. It wasn't even a. All right, you know, we'll we'll go uh, give you enough time to make some popcorn before the show starts up. It wasn't even that. No, it just made it worse. It ramped everything up even harder. And again, I say that not to, uh, you know, build the suspense or anything, but that that's just the honest truth. It just made shit worse. You know, it, it, there's no building suspense. You you dealing with a, an, a horrific, demonic, pretty lady, ugly lady brushing her hair and then trying to suck the soul out of I your life. There's no I more buildup. What buildup are you talking about? Demonic. I don't know if it was demonic, man. I, I can't. I can't attest to that. That's a, you know, that's an opinion better left to the audience. Well, I could just say whatever the hell she resembled made me understand that this is, this is not going to stop soon or later. And so it, and would, it has. has it, and it has it followed you from, and you said it has followed you right from, from place to place. Oh, oh God, absolutely. Um, and it's even, uh, it's even got to the point to where, um, uh, physically it's, it's messed with my family, my, my immediate family. What do you do to, to, to stop that? I mean, what do you, how, what, I mean, what's like, what, what steps do you take to, to comfort or resolve whatever is, you know, just messing with you, with everyone? What I do, what I do best, what I've always learned how to do, bury it. Just put that moment in a jar, put the lid on it, put it on the shelf of what the fuck was that? And, you know, not acknowledge it because, for the lack of understanding, how could I even start on the path of self-healing or understanding of the situation or even the level of, of, of the magnitude that the, the, the situation possesses? Because I myself are 
uneducated in that instance to further understand where to start. I can't even have a baseline to start off saying, okay, I can start here and maybe we can do the trial. No, I don't even have that. Like I said, the death of our father for me wasn't immediate sorrow. It wasn't, holy shit, you know, my, my idol died. I didn't even know the guy. So I knew he brought in powdered donuts. I knew he had a Stanley off green lunch pail. I knew that every night I would smell that the exhaust from the truck. I knew his skin was smooth to the touch, prickly at the mustache, and the unmistakable scent or his cologne was stronger and more potent than any of our other uncles, any of our other person. They could have very well used the same brand. Whatever his routine was, locked it in mind. That's what I have until I woke up and realized, shit, I don't have a dad. That's when the pain started. So in just like that. So being being okay. So being me uh, personally, being a self-proclaimed demonologist. I don't know if you knew that, but I, I have uh, gifted myself and and have branded myself a, a demonologist self self proclamation. So, with that being okay. said, I have the perfect cure all. This is gonna this is gonna solve all your problems. This is gonna get away. I don't know why you didn't ask me about this or earlier, but you know that's fine. I, you know I, I understand that I didn't have the credentials at the time, but now that we are talking about it and the credentials are there again. I I, I wrote it out on a piece of paper and I have it stuck on the wall. So you know, my certification for demonology. However, this is what you do. Okay. <laughs> this is, this so is what, not doesn't count. <laughs> so this is what you do. Okay. You get six candles, you circle yourself in them, you get the Ouija board and you ask whatever is haunting you to please, with all due respect, leave me alone. Oh, and it has to be done at 3 a.m. as well. That's like, that's like, Walking around with like a, a mutilated elk carcass on your body in front of a cougar and say, hey, if you wouldn't mind, I don't want to be like this elk. Just choose you now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, one way or the other, one way or the other, you're going to get an answer. Yeah. That's no bullshit on that one. So I've, I've personally believed that. You know, and unfortunately, because I'm in, uh, or fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, since I am in Texas, I can't overlook this uh, uh, cure-all, this uh, uh, suggestion. So you're going to have to do this on your own and record it. Well, obviously, I, I mean, the best I can do is uh, I have some old cardboard. I could probably sketch that shit out of Google Assist me on that one. I got two earthquake candles and four flashlights, including my phone. I think that's a winner. I, I mean, you know, d uh, desperate times calls for desperate measures. And I, I believe that that right there will give you the answers that you might not <laughs> want, but you will get an answer. What would ever <laughs> give you that impression? <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, God. the, uh, it, that's, it's just insane, man, that, that stuff like that so intense can actually happen to people. And that's, uh, I don't know if you checked. Oh, you did. You were on the on the in the chat on the uh, on the last live I did with our sister, and you know she was asking me the question about when I first started this, my podcast up until now. What what have what what how my mind has changed and my beliefs in the paranormal have changed? You know, and like I told her, uh, it, it's one of those things to where I always kind of believed, but then at the same time, kind of brush it off like, yeah, whatever, you know, it, it you know, whatever happens, it's, you know, it, it, other people's 
experiences and explanations. But however, being doing this pod and, and being in the community, you hear so much shit that some of it's so far fetched, like, OK, really? And then you have some people like yourself who explain it with such conviction and such, you know, uh, not not full fear. But, you know, you can tell that that it, it makes them uneasy when they're explaining what happened to them and talking to so many people and reading about so many things after a while i start to to wonder like damn either they're doing a really good damn job on on acting or this shit is legitimately freaking them the fuck out so it has to be i mean it has to be be something that actually they've actually experienced it's not something that you know it's just fabricated it doesn't make any sense to me that anything like that the so intense so intense and when people show that emotion can just be played off as yeah whatever you know what i mean Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I applaud you for even, you know, taking the time to understand yourself where you sit as far as your view and your educational um, standpoint and your experience. And then also too applauding you that you take time and to further educate yourself and understand the different experiences of others. Um, that I myself, I believe, is one of the, you know, few minute things that help me is uh, starting to talk about it because for the longest time, like I said, you know, just put a lid on it and shut the hell up. Uh, worked pretty good, but, uh, you know, it obviously didn't cure it, you know, so. Well, that um, that right there, the, the just shut up and put a lid on it, that is literally how we were taught as kids deal with our emotions. It's just, you know, put a lid on it. it it's whatever. It's going to go away. Either it'll suffocate in the jar or you'll forget about it and don't want to open it up. And that's, you know, that that's our emotional training as as kids. <laughs> I don't know if that I don't know if that's that across the board, but I know that's how it was in, in our household and in the in the Latino culture. So that, that that's kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I firmly agree that that was the worst fucking advice I ever got um, as far as what to do and how to deal with the situation. And then on top of that, you know, who's to say, even if I was given the opportunity, that I wouldn't think that I myself was crazy. Or I said in the podcast, you know, me uh, growing up and hanging around our uncles and our aunts, you're talking about a, a, a one voice in a crowd of non-believers. You know, you're just saying that because you heard other people talking about these, so you want to imitate them, you impersonate their story. When in all actuality, it was quite the opposite. I'm like, oh, your story just sounds like a fucking bunch of bullshit. How about you take a fucking nap in my room? <laughs> yeah, no lie, huh? No lie. <laughs> why, don't you go ahead and, why don't you go ahead and grab a, a Ozark Trail sleeping bag and just camp out here? Trust me, it'll, it'll kick off. <laughs> just give it a second, yeah. too. <laughs> but, you know, who's to say, even if I was given the opportunity, that I would even bother or even have the gut? I put so much emphasis on that because the baby of the family, you know, you being my older brother, seeing the things that you went through as a young teenager, going into your, uh, you know, early manhood, and, and my sisters, who was to say that I would ever have the, the gut to, to say anything like that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I, in, in certain situations, I don't think that. I mean, because you know how, you know how people, uh, the, the whole, I wouldn't say people, but one of the, one of the things that, that, uh, professionals and everything kind of promote is is uh you know if you talk about it it's a good thing and it kind of helps you uh cope with it and you know deal with it by getting it out in the open i don't think that you know 
talking about it and giving credit and you know acknowledging the the evilness that that torments people is a good thing to kind of bring out it's kind of like you know a catch-22 do you talk about it and, and and aggravate it or do you not talk about it and kind of let it go dormant for a while and it only appear once in a while you know what which, which which are of the of the evils do you want to choose you know what i mean right it's uh you know the only the only uh safety net on the double-edged sword you got is uh trying to acrobatically jump from one end of the blade to the other. That moment of suspended fear is your only moment of safety and security. Eventually, you're going to have to put foot to blade once again, no matter how you spin it. Right. And you, you try to live in that moment, those seconds of quiet. There's nothing here. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's uh it's just your imagination that was a big one now uh, you're just it's just a dream it's your your imagination well if it was such a it was such an a, a, a make-believe imagination deal then why are you praying why are you praying profusely and and walking in and out of my room with the damn rosary in your hand that doesn't make any sense to me it, obviously one of us is lying so which one yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly it you know it's Going into you know going further into my childhood, you know, progressing to my teens, my mother, uh, you know, I, she gave me some water, some scissors, a ribbon. I, I can't remember the order exactly on how we went down, but she, you know, told me to put it in my room. And then later on, she was like, "Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's fine, it's getting better." I'm like, then "What the hell was the whole uh, equipment?" <laughs> yeah. there, why, yeah, I don't... why did you rig me up with all this? You know, I, I if it's if it's getting better, then obviously. One, like you said, one of us is lying. It's either not, or you're just lying to me and say, "Oh, it's fine, it's fine, little buddy." Right. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It just, I'm just glad that you know, knock on wood, I haven't, I haven't had such an intense encounters because number one, I'd burn the damn house down. Although our sister said that's not a good idea. I mean, arson charge is about five years, so I think I'll be all right. I'll burn every single house down if I had shit like that happen. You see, and even then, I've always thought too. You know, what if what if something was, was, oh man, I, I love using this word. It's my favorite movie or series of movies. What was, what if something at that point in your life was so insidious that it whispered for you to do that? Because realistically, you had no other reason. You had no motive. You had no sexual abuse. You had no, uh, mental abuse other than, you know, just, Mainly growing up in a Hispanic family, being taught, which we, we were taught, we had no uh, diving board, so to speak, of reason for, or for, for you, for that matter, to do that. You know, what if? That, that's what I've always asked myself. What if something just, you know, whispered a little something or just kind of said, hey, dude, do that. What if you didn't understand that and that's what that was? Yeah, that, uh, the uh your subconscious you think that it's just your subconscious but in reality it's it's some evil thing some evil entity that's whispering you telling you that you should do some fucked up shit yeah and 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 again that that can carry itself through even in your adulthood you know again like it, it's hard to it's hard to walk that that line because there's a lot more to it scientific mental so i won't go further on to that but case in general for what that was what if you know, what if it was something just capitalizing, like I said, capitalizing on that moment of innocence, that moment of down and out. Yeah, that's 
That's a good point. No one knows for sure. That's one of those, those, uh, no one, you can't really know for sure what, you know, if it's a real thing or not. It's one of, it's, what is that word? It's inconclusive or it's objection, objectionable, or I don't get, I can't think of the word. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Subject to opinion. There you go. Yeah. It's subjected to opinions on, you know, it depends, but you, have you, uh, have you done any research or reading on, on black eyed children? No, but I've heard a little bit. I love uh, just for yourself and the viewers uh, to catch up and go to the courage. I am a huge fan of demonic stuff. <laughs> right. I don't know if that invokes it or, you know, I don't know if that throws a old welcome mat or come on in. There's, fucking eggnog <laughs> you know to, to the shadow people but to this day man i am just smitten with it everything ghost everything haunted everything demonic everything evil um but at the same time i like hearing those you know those winter stories you know i like i like watching people nearly miss a fucking bus and you know scoop up a puppy in the meantime, barrel roll and still grab their latte and say, Hey, guess what? I'm five minutes early to work. I love those stories too. Do I love them as much as the evil? God, no. Oh, hell no. Yeah. The, with the black eyed children though, no one, uh, no one knows for sure what they are. No one knows if they're demonic. No one knows if it's a cult. No one knows if they're uh, extraterrestrial. No one knows. Cause no one has been able to, I mean, capture one. I don't know if that'll be considered uh, uh, kidnapping or abduction, but uh, the black-eyed children are are a pretty freaky thing. They, you know, when whenever they come around, allegedly, you know, a legend has it that a lot of bad things happen. Like there was this one couple in, I want to say Vermont, where two black-eyed children came, excuse me, came to their their door, knocked on, it, and asked if they can come in and wait for their their parents. And being, you know, an elderly couple, and it was snowing in Vermont, they're like, hey, you know. Um, kind of weird but yeah okay come on you know i don't want you to be out there and freeze to death so when they were when they were there chilling the 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 black eyed children didn't really you know associate or didn't really you know interact and when they they both asked if they can go to the restroom so the couple the mom or the the elderly lady said yeah you know go right ahead you know know, the hall the restroom is right down the hall well when they went to the restroom the fucking lights went out and then when the lights went out, you know, the, the, the elder man and the woman were like, whoa, what the hell's going on? And then when the lights came back on, they were standing at the very end of the hallway and said, our dad is here now together and walked out. Shit. So <sighs> when I was, uh, when I was working, when, when I was working with graveyard and I had my, my uh, co-driver, my partner, buddy of mine, uh, Austin, I would ask him questions like, Hey man, Knowing that your kids are at home, knowing that they're asleep, you know, working graveyard, you're driving down, you know, the, the farm road back, you know, back roads of Texas. You look to the side and you see your kid with their arms extended on the side of the road. What do you do? It goes back to what I was saying, man. It goes back to what I'm saying. You're, they're, 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 the, they're the halfway there. You're halfway there, man. I'm just here to finish the race, bro. Yeah, but what what that, would you same question to you? What would you do? You walk you you're driving down the road late that, at night and you, you see your child you see your child's arm extended out on the side of the road, but you know one thousand percent that they're at home asleep. What do you do? Absolutely stop. Stop. Why, you why? know for a fact you're gonna stop because it's something that's going to get you like 
it's 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 their creepy lady. You know what I mean? It's something for them to get to that point of unimaginable fucking terror. Something that they know it's gonna be an old bait and switch. And when it comes to passion, you're like, what the hell just happened? Why would you why would you stop? You go, you're going to stop if you see visually the connection with you and your child. You know for a fact they're at home. You're still going. There's an impulse that is going to make you stop. Negative. Not me. One thousand oh, percent. Hell no. Negative. So you're just gonna hammer down. You're gonna grab the gear and hammer down. I am going to grab my tenth gear in oh, my oh. in my governed truck, drive past <laughs> that child, and call my wife and ask her one hundred percent if the kids are still at home, knowing damn well that the there's a small or not small, but a large chance that I had just gotten off the phone with her confirming that the kids were in bed asleep a few minutes uh, prior to seeing what quote, you know, air quotes, my kid on the side of the road. There's no way in Texas green earth that I will stop uh, for a, a, a mock child of mine on the side of the road. There's no way. Yeah, I'm gonna, need, I'm gonna need you to give me a receipt for selling me that bullshit. No, there, I'll, I can print you double. If I have a double carbon copied receipt <laughs> that I can most definitely guarantee give you that it's not it's not gonna happen. I would, without a doubt, if I see my kid, just do nope. What's going on? That's my kid. And then obviously when I stop and the child just sticks his hand in my chest and say, "It's time to come home, buddy." I'm like, ah. See, but I'm not going to finish the route. That, does, that doesn't make <laughs> see, but that doesn't make any sense. You've watched about a bazillion movies with that same exact scenario. So why you know every single time, one thousand times out of one thousand, that it is a complete deceit, and you're going to get fucked up at the end of it. So why even stop? Because that it goes it, and it goes hand in hand. And I I always default to what I say because I say I firmly believe and I and I, I firmly use in my day to day practice as as a, as a human more than just an adult man first as a human it goes like those saying you know put that jar on the shelf put a lid on it put it up there i don't have the um proper training or education to work through those bottles and to say holy shit what if you were in the scenario that could spin it like that why would i stop they're gonna eat my soul no put that shit on the shelf don't worry about it i have no understanding of that other than that that moment happened and it's done. It's over. That's it. Move on with life. So that would lead me to 1,001. I'm that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop. Even knowing something spooky or an incident in my life has happened, it's still, I, I wouldn't even make the connection. I would be so oblivious to it. All I would see, and I think that's what shadow people in general, you know, look for. Like, God damn, this dude is just fucking retarded. This boy, a box of fucking rocks. I tell you that much. A box of fucking rocks. It see, and that that blows my mind that that you you wouldn't you wouldn't raise any sort of doubt or any sort of suspicion that something sinister is going to happen, knowing that you're on the back roads of Taft. There's no one there. Your kids have never ended up on Taft Highway or Union Avenue or Stockdale Highway, but randomly. At 3.45 in the morning that one of your kids are on the side of the road extending their arms to you. That doesn't, that blows my mind that you would, you would actually stop. And, and, and when you said Taft, you know, I want you to explain what Taft looks like at fucking night. 
Well, I mean, it, it looks like, I mean, it, it resembles a lot of what Texas looks like here in the, here at night, too, and on the bunch of the farm roads. It, it's just a bunch of nothing for miles and miles and miles. Creepy shit, uh, basically moon, and two-lane switchback roads, if not deadheads, all day. Just right. for miles of, of farmland and, and, you know, and small little canyons and gullies and shit like that. It's just... It's a spooky fucking place, and even that being said, that. it makes no sense, dude. I'm I'm hammering down on my sixty three point five mile an hour governed tractor and not looking back. <laughs> you lucky dog! I got sixty, dude. I'm I'm gone <laughs> downhill. I'm going sixty six. There's no way that I'm I'm gonna stop, knowing very well that my kids are are tucked snug as a rug or a bug, or in, in I don't know what the saying I don't I don't know, but but by, by by any means I would obviously have you know some type of reasoning with myself I was like oh fuck I need to call I need to call, but I think at that moment of trying to fire up uh, my blue parrot camo uh, headset, shout out to blue parrot, <laughs> that the time it would take for it to connect and ring. I think it would be that classic, you know, suspenseful meat. It's like, hey, honey, are the kids? And that's all we hear. And then I'm dead because my retarded self didn't call just a second sooner. You know, I had to slow down, you know, hit the brakes, pull over to a safe side, throw in the hazards, get off, and then make that call. And those, you know, those fateful footsteps walking up to those creepy children, it, it, it would have been it. It's like, hey, the kid's still in bed. And then boom. How, and seeing that uh, that still blows my mind that out of all the horror horror movies that that you've seen that I've seen <laughs> that uh, we we've made fun of, you're going to be the first one to get killed in any horror scenario that involves kids. It makes no sense to me. Oh, dude, I'm the cheerleader. I'm the cheerleader. Oh, absolutely, dude. I'm first one to go, dude. My, everybody went over their lines and got a fucking book. They gave me a pamphlet. That's how bad. That's how fast I'd go out. Hey, where's the rest of the script? <laughs> You're not gonna need it. Trust me. It doesn't. It, see, that that doesn't make any sense. I'm not stopping. I'm 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 gonna hammer down. I would. And it's, I I but it's a bunch of BS. No, I'm telling you, man. No, I guarantee. I guarantee you one thousand percent that there's no way I'm stopping on the side of the road with some random ass mock kid of mine on 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 the empty desert uh, Texas road. It's not it's not gonna happen. I and I can like I said I'll I'll write I'll sketch it out to you in an edge of sketch, in stone carving. I can write quadruple receipts. You can uh, we can take a picture and revisit it later. It's not I will not stop. There's no way with, with my with the extensive knowledge that I have of horror movies and the and the horrific things that happen. No, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way I'm stopping to see what is the what is the deal. That's that's the old uh, uh, bait and switch, like you mentioned earlier. It, it, it's gonna it's it's all bad. It's all bad in every single way that you can imagine it. There's no good that's coming yeah. from that. <laughs> You're not going to be like, oh, I'm so glad you stopped. I have a message. <laughs> Although, okay, so so the the only way that that I would stop, the only way that I would stop is if a few minutes or maybe however long before seeing my, you know, the the carbon copy of of my kid on the side of the road is if my wife calls me and says, hey, the kids aren't in bed or this kid isn't in her bed. Or the kid is not in her room. And then I see the kid on the side of the road. Then I'm going to stop, obviously, because, oh, shit, how did they end up out here on this farm road? 
at 345 in the morning in the, you know, in the Texas desert, then I would stop most definitely. But if I have no confirmation, <laughs> well, or, no, that's a, that's still a bait and switch, bud. but that's okay. Just, yeah. But, but I wouldn't know at that point. My main point is where is my kid and oh shit, why is my kid on the side of the road now without the worry of, of being, you know, killed or, or whatever might happen. Now I go into panic mode and, you know, fatherly duties and trying to, you know, recover my kid. If, if in fact that my kid was actually, missing and not just an old dupe but you know that's the only way the one and only way that i would actually stop is if i was told a few minutes that you know that the kid isn't in the room and then and my I, response to that in my response to that uh annabelle when the mom was uh looking for the baby obviously the demon or the devil took the child but didn't because it doesn't have that ability without permission so i was taught i'm not sure if uh you're credentials are are gonna govern this but how i was taught was it has no authority to touch or to take without some type of willpower permission so meaning if obviously if you have no willpower you're going to allow that so just like in the movie the baby never left you're talking, it just tormented the weak mind. You're talking about the the second one when they were down at the bottom in the in the basement. No, Annabelle when she would when she when she was uh, with the lady who ended up coming to to help her out. She gave her life, but before that scene, the mother was saying, "Give me back my baby! Give me back oh, my baby!" Oh, I'm thinking. Okay, okay. Be with me. Um, yeah. um, Annabelle yeah. two was with the kids in the orphanage. Annabelle one was with the couple, the married couple. There you go. That moved. There you go. Yeah, and then uh, they were hearing all that creepy things. Okay, okay, yeah, I got the two mixed up, but yeah. Right, so, so, so even then, the, the, the child was still there. All it did was play on your willpower. Basically, it, it, it found that weakness in your armor. And I, and I firmly believe that's what the game's about. That's what the game is always going to be about. Well, yeah. It, Where's the one loose leak? It's it's always about deception, one hundred percent. I mean, deception is is the main is the main goal to try to achieve the ultimate plan of whatever, whatever you know, uh, in result they have, whatever goal that the that the entities or the sinister or the whatever you know paranormal or whatever it is have then yeah i mean it's all about deceit you can't just walk up and say well i mean you can if you're a fucking g but if you just walk up to someone and say hey i'm gonna fuck you up and then they're like yeah whatever but no i mean you have to play mind games you have to weaken them like in the conjuring when that when the mom was was just beat up every single day man literally and and uh mentally she was just beat to hell until finally she, the the witch or whatever was able to possess her you know and it was all about deceit it was all about uh, weakening the willpower it was all the whole the whole gambit you know the whole fucking rule book of of how to how to properly possess someone it, it was it was documented holy personal holy shit now that you said that i literally just made a fucking connection okay oh my god the moment in that movie where she was down in the basement and the lady turned and said she made me do it that's almost the same scenario that played out in my childhood that moment, I firmly believe, was the nail in her coffin. Right. And then on a... Just, it allowed that last little bit of willpower, because now she's fucking with her kid. Now she's bringing up stuff about her being, her being a mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I firmly believe that that small little 
you know, just that nudge over the hump allowed everything to ensue. So just a, wow. a quick fact check, a quick fact check for, for people who are listening to this. Uh, the, my, uh, my brother's experiences happened way before the movie came out. So we're not, we're not, oh, yeah. we're not yeah. directly, <laughs> we're not directly <laughs> quoting and, and uh, mirroring the movies that happened. All this that happened happened way before the conjuring insidious and Annabelle and all that were, yeah. were put on the film. So, yeah, this movie uh, happened uh, again, this movie, I'm not even a big reader. So I've never even researched any of this stuff. I've never even heard of uh, the Warrens until the actual movie started coming out. My experience happened late '90s, I believe. I, I can't. I don't know. I can't confirm or deny that because I, I I don't know. I was too busy. No, no, stuff. early two thousands, early two thousands, early two thousands. Yeah, I was married so, by then already. So yeah, no. Again, for the for the you know people who are listening, none of this is being replicated or or any of that. It was literally me pausing, like, holy shit, you know, she. It was something of that. It doesn't have to be per se a lady, but that moment in time was exactly what I was trying to relate to myself. It's just that small little oomph over the hill to allow something further to happen, and which it has, you know, when you're. I believe your other podcast, you spoke on my story. Yeah, um, that was one that, that that was like one of the first stories that were submitted. Yeah, it was it was physical. Now, you know, it, it touched my wife's hair. It moved it up and dropped it. Mind you, there was no shadow. There was nothing there other than my wife's hair lifting up for me to see it because I had my back to, turned to her. When I turned around and started finishing dressing and putting on my belt, the hair, the ponytail immediately dropped. And it scared me. Just, I, I honestly, I could have, I could have pissed myself again. That's how quick everything came back. And I was like, holy shit, it's still here. When, I mean, when, when was the most recent? Was that the most recent? Uh, encounter or was there one before or after that more more recent I should, i'm asking oh yeah there was one i uh usually try to have you know uh, some type of adult beverage uh on my days off i actually have a cardinal rule not to uh you know partake in any uh, fun time during you know the week or it's just not it's not a good thing for a professional driver to do that you, you have to have some type of discipline so it was on my friday um just poured myself a glass of wine with the wife. She had a cup. I had a cup. I went for a second one, and I was already getting tired. We just finished dinner. I put the cup on the floor next to the bed, and I was on my phone. I started dozing off, and when I woke up, the minute I, I, I woke up, I looked at my phone, looked at the time, went to my left, meaning rolling over to my left, did not touch the glass. My hand was not extended. Rolling over, my left hand tucked to my chest to adjust myself so I could start the reach. I saw the wine glass get knocked over. And I snapped out of bed. I didn't look around because it, it serves no purpose. I've learned that. Don't look around because it's right near you. That looking around bullshit, that doesn't work. That is just, you don't, you don't look around. You know, fuck, it's done. When I saw that, I sat up caught my breath and walked directly to the restroom, grabbed the towel, came back and the wine glass, it being tipped over to me, 
it's mind you, this is on carpet. It's not on a dresser. It's not on wood. It's not anything flat. It's not on anything level. It's on fucking carpet. When it knocked over, it knocked over towards me, meaning uh, the open drinkable part was towards me. When I walked back over, it had spun around, so the bottom was facing me. And there was still wine in it. Uh, no, it was no. It was there was no wine. There, it, it all it all was knocked out. Well, that's what I'm saying. When when you, when you put the glass down, there was still wine inside the glass. Oh yes, yes. I actually was. I was going to finish that cut. I was. I dozed off. Well, th- there's a perfect explanation for that. Obviously, there's obviously a child that was haunting you, and it was a child ghost had one too many sips and <laughs> and knocked it over. Just got a little too married for the occasion. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're they're drink with you. They're not nobody likes drink with you. They can't handle the reds. They're more of a moscato. So. You know? Well, yeah, you know, I, I should have been like, look, man, just tailing it down. It's fucking Friday night. We've already had dinner. You get a little too married. You start spilling shit. You're like, I got I to gotta pay the fucking deposit on this. All right? Come on. Dude, Don't I, be mad. I, I think I wouldn't have been upset or freaked out as if uh, in, in, in a distant whisper I would have heard, fire it up. Fire it up. Fire, fire it up. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah, I, I think I think that would have been the only acceptable thing to, for the ghost to say after that is after slamming the the glass of wine on on the or tipping the glass over, just yelling "fire it up." And you know, at that point, I actually I actually didn't get too scared. I mean, obviously there was fear, but the first thing I just told myself, was like, "Fuck, they're back." You know, it, it was more depressed. It was I was more sad. I was like, "Fuck, ah, man, everything was being, doing good," you know, but. Fuck, it's already starting to happen again. Uh, oh, another thing too. Um, we heard that uh, we heard one of my son's uh, 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 semi trucks get kicked uh, through the living room. That was creepy because I, I I I buy him a shit ton of semi trucks. Like I kind of imprint myself on him a little bit, which is bad, I know, but I love it. I love him playing with uh, cranes and heavy equipment and semi-trucks. So he has this great giant one. It's about it's about six inches by 12 inches. It's fucking massive. It's, it's a pretty damn big toy. Um, we were asleep. Kids were uh, in bed. Me and the wife were looking on our Amazon time, just seeing all the shit that we want to buy. And sure enough, you could just hear it plain as day. <sighs> just runs right across the floor, hits the glass window, and I jump up. I grab my cold steel Spartan knife, shout out to cold steel, and I run in there and I'm like, what the hell was that? And Amy comes in and she goes, the truck moved. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? The toys are out. We didn't pick them up. And she goes, the toy was by the hallway, babe. And I was like, ah. And it, this and was, it's gotten to the point where she's been even accustomed to weird shit happening like that. And that was a a tractor trailer, like a combo. Uh, tra- uh no trailer. Yeah, actually, because he just got done playing with it, he disconnected everything. Oh, he uncovered. So the actual truck just, I mean, dude, from our hallway to that window. Well, there's there's an, there's another uh, there's a valid explanation for that as well. I'm all ears. Okay. Please inform me. So, I'm never, 
I always err on the side of fact and scientific and reason first. Well, this is both fact and scientific research. I mean, again, I am a demonologist. So the uh, the the clear explanation is obviously the ghost was very upset because all they are is a B truck driver and were very upset with rage <laughs> that they uh, they they're unable to drive an A truck, so they kicked it across the floor in anger and resentment. <laughs> he the type of way. You're fucking right. He fell the type of way. I even told her about that time. I don't appreciate that shit. All right, I took my A. Get, get her done, son. Yeah, it's all pretty much a <laughs> pretty much a bus driver. That's I mean, no, no, no offense to bus drivers out there. You know, shout out. You you you, you make the you make the community go around. But in the in the in the you know in the in the CDL community, there's a rivalry between B truck drivers and A truck drivers. So I'm just I'm well, just you, you have to, to be that. somebody. You have to be somebody to have a rivalry. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So it was uh, that—that's what it was. It was out of anger and and resentment that they couldn't uh, do the gears. They couldn't, you know, they don't know how to drive it. Hey, you can count to a hundred. You can count from one to ten. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense, man. It just, but uh, <laughs> it, you know, and that's it, it. Sucks that that. I mean, I wonder if eventually it's going to die down. I mean, not obviously, of course, when you man, maybe maybe when you when you uh, go for your your final sleep that you might be rested, but. There's been reports that post humans post mortem uh, in the afterlife that people are still haunted, but they can. They, but now, instead of uh, not being able to see who they're being tormented by, they can actually see them, and they're forever tormented until ne- always. That, that it never ends, even even in uh, in life after death. And that and that's exactly what I believe happened to me at that that point in my life when I saw the lady. You know what I felt was. And, I mean, it's never gone away. It's just been dormant. But I firmly believe that it's going to be for eternity, no matter where I go. That's that they're there to stay. And and to know that, you know, to know that as a young guy or a teenage boy, to to know that you can never escape it. You're never. It's never going to fully disappear. You're never going to have that moment of beautiful sunrise and kissing the rainbow against your skin. You're never going to have that, Marcos. Well, you obviously. You've obviously never lived in Texas because that's an everyday thing. Oh, well, obviously you forgot about California. <laughs> California. There's, <laughs> there's nothing left of California. It's all corrupt. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue there, but, <laughs> well, but the, the, the woodland of California is still pure. Right. So let, let's, let's change gears a little bit or let's, let's switch gears. Let's, let's switch topics. So, you are, which I recently found out, and recently meaning like in the last couple of days, that you are a conspiracy theorist. Oh, fuck me. Yes. Yes. I, I dabble. I dabble. Okay. Coach. So one of the most long debates that I've had with you up to date has been the JFK assassination, which lasted for over two hours. I swear to God, if you start on this, you better have to mute. Dude, it, it you know I was telling I was telling Teresa that we were on the phone for for over two hours debating back and forth of what the possibility. So let's I mean we we've been on the air now or what this episode is going for we're we're at, we're in, at an hour twenty already. That's not too shabby. That's not too shabby. And so to finish this this uh, this pod is I would like to share with the world what your beliefs and or your theory on how JFK was assassinated. So now correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Which I mean, I know I'm not wrong, but you are. So the, okay. the, uh, the story straight now. 
Okay, so you believe that Mrs. Kennedy shot her husband. Yes or no? I wouldn't even give her the title of Kennedy. That's how that's how strongly I believe but, but that she did. Title or not title, at you, that, at, you, that, you, at that time, yes, the one who was known as Mrs. Kennedy, yeah, I believe she did. Okay, so explain to them or not them, but explain to the listeners why you believe that. The floor is yours. Go ahead. Oh, you see it in the video that I saw, which if you want to plug that uh, link to your listeners so they could themselves could see it and obviously hands down agree with me and let the feedback uh, fall in your court saying that uh, how could you? The you know, evidence is right there. If you see clearly in the clip how the events transpired were him, there's two shooters, Mrs. Kennedy being the one with the fatal blow. A shooter came with a round penetrating both the passenger and uh, John, causing him to take his mind from the basically a diversion, if you will. Once it hit him, if you see in the video, the wife goes for a lean in with her right arm, bringing him down, not close to him. It's a bending motion going down. And if you look before then, her, I believe, left hand reaches into her pocketbook very subtly, very, very minute movement. When she bends him down, the final blow was done to Mr. Kennedy on the right side between the rear of his skull or the center rear of his skull and uh, favoring the right, or just behind the temporal lobe above the right ear. That, to me, again, I'm not a forensic expert, this is just my manifesto. It looks to be an exit wound. If a shooter from a knoll or a building were to do that, at that angle, why was that high of a caliber was Mrs. Kennedy not wounded, grazed, or even for that matter, dead. A moving target at that angle with that high of a caliber, she didn't have a, she didn't even have a bullet hole through her clothing. There's, it's, an, it's an impossible theory. So, how I said, she bend him over Put the 22 caliber, which it has to be a small round, not to kick her arm back, not to make it obvious. She bends him over, put the pistol above his left brow, pull the trigger, causing the back of his head to blow up. Okay, so to to rebuttal that, now the the several different uh, uh, theories and several different uh, conspiracies that have been going around were, you know, Mrs. Kennedy had. We're in cahoots with with uh, with the CIA to get him to get Kennedy assassinated. Also, they feel that uh, the Cubans had, which you you've heard of of Operation uh, what is that called? Something Pig, Operation Pig, or, uh, Sand Pig, or something like that, where they had a group of of uh, Cuban nationals hired by and trained by the CIA to go assassinate Fidel Castro, which 
was a complete utter disaster. So there was that theory. And there are also the theory where mob bosses were, were also involved in the assassination of, of Mr. Kennedy. So I don't believe any of that. The only one that I do believe is that, yes, I do believe that the CIA did have something to do with the assassination. And here is the reason why. I don't think Mrs. Kennedy was the shooter. However, this is don't what I do. No, no, you, no. You, you I, I gave you, you, I gave you an opportunity to explain yourself. Let me explain myself, and then we'll we'll have a we'll go back and forth on it after I finish my explanation. I'm all years on this. Okay, so I don't think she was the shooter at all. Do I believe that she was maybe okay with in cahoots with the CIA? That's a strong possibility. However. I was doing a bunch of research since the last time we talked about this whole uh, uh, conspiracy with JFK assassination. Now, listen to the evidence and everything that I've collected. You know, I I am going to correct myself when I told you that Oswald was not a certified sniper, which he was not. However, he was a skilled marksman with with a, a range record of four to five hundred yards with accuracy. The distance between the the book depository and Mr. Kennedy was about 254, 56 yards away. And with the, with the caliber rifle that he had, it is 100% with every re, re-experimentation or re, uh, what is that called? Um, doing the whole scenario all over again is 100%. Re-enactment. Yeah, reenactment. It is 100% accurate and, in with, and within range for him to let off three shots within the time. Now, the time that was originally uh, measured or recorded bef- between the, the gunshots were a little short than what they actually were. Apparently, there was way more time for Oswald to let off shots because there was one shot that missed, the one shot that penetrated the neck, and then the shot that, that was the fatal head, the head uh, shot. Okay. However, the angle to where the head was, where Mr. Kennedy was, was, was killed from, it's not, the explanation was that it, it hit him in the neck, bounced around, and then came out the back of his skull, which depending on the bullet and, and the trajectory and all this other physics stuff that I don't get into because I'm not neither forensics or any kind of physicist, that the possibility is there. However... The second shooter explanation is a little more believable on for me because the way Mrs. Kennedy positioned herself and kind of moved kind of moved her way moved herself out of the way just slightly, I believe cleared up an open shot to have the the second shooter do the headshot from a different angle. Now, what what what's even more confusing and more uh, more conspiracy filled is that when Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested, <laughs> he was he was put in prison and there was he was interrogated for several hours. However, there were zero zero records and audio of the interrogation of Lee Harvey Oswald, which. At that time, it was widely practiced and it was standard practice at that time for law enforcement to record every single interrogation because it was new, you know, it was new, uh, 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 what is that called? New equipment or new uh, practice. It was a new practice that everyone decided to adapt that, you know, hey, keeping records is safe for courts and, it, you know, it helps our, our case. But none of it was recorded. Not one, not one written report, and not one audio report from the Dallas Police Department, which the CIA and FBI were heavily involved in the interrogation. Because I mean, yeah, the president just got killed. Now, to further the conspiracy, 
Lee Harvey Oswald was shot in the basement in on camera being <laughs> being escorted from cops from the Dallas police station. Some guy walked in there in front of everybody and shot this guy. I can't think of the guy's name. Shot Lee Harvey Oswald. The guy who shot Oswald was put into uh, Dallas or uh, Texas prison. And then I think it was like a month or two months later was found dead in his cell. So how, I mean, it, it to me personally, I think uh, Kennedy, Mrs. Kennedy being the, the one who pulled the trigger isn't, it's a liability for her to have that much pressure and that much uh, uh, expectation to keep that sort of cover up going for so long. I mean, she died in 1994, 1995. That's 30 years, 30, because he was assassinated in 63. That's 30 years to keep a secret that that intense. There's no way by that time it would have fall, it would have uh, uh, it would have been exposed. Now, Lyndon B. Johnson and Kennedy had beef. B. Lyndon B. Johnson, the vice president, being that he had uh, he was helping Kennedy win Texas because everybody hated. Oh, uh, ben, Lyndon B. Johnson was a Texas native. He was a local. So he he was trying to get people to win Texas because everybody hated Kennedy for the failed, the, you know, the the pulling out of Vietnam. He failed to do so because of, you know, whatever reason he had. Uh, in his words, he said that if he pulled out of Vietnam, then all of Southeast Asia, all of Asia itself and South Vietnam would collapse in the hands of terrorism. And, you know, it'd be bad for the people. He also failed at the missile, the, the uh, missile crisis with Cuba and Russia and Everything that piles up. And he also was going to disband the CIA. He said in his words that he's going to shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces for the and get rid of the corruption that is the CIA. Now, I'm not going to quote that because, I, you know, there, there's too many words to try to actually get in order. So I, <laughs> I partially I partially believe that Mrs. Kennedy might have had a hand in it because of, you know, all the the infidelities that Kennedy was doing at the time. However, I don't believe she was the shooter. I believe that it was an elaborate setup by the CIA in order to have Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Kennedy assassinated. So I partly and do not believe that she she was a shooter. There's no way possible. Go ahead. Let's backtrack and stop at the point where you said the uh, Harvey Oswald um, was a skilled shooter. It was a skilled shooter, and he was able to to, to place the shot. Uh, again, I'm not you know going off of exactly what you said, but I'm just roundabout. You said that he placed the shot so accurately that he was able to not hit uh, Miss Kennedy. Correct? Negative. I said that I said that the second shooter on the grassy knoll would have been is a believable theory since the way Kennedy Mrs. Kennedy uh, possessioned herself cleared up a shot for another skilled marksman to make the headshot. Right. And the same caliber or no? Yes, the, the because they they didn't have a different uh, from what the from what I read was that using two different rifles would cause different uh would cause raise even more suspicion and wouldn't be able to to you know uh, c- cement the story that one shooter three shots in Mr. Kennedy's yeah. life. So yes, it was two exact rifles which were at that time the high uh, considered a high powered uh long distance rifle for the military. Right. And the round uses a uh, 6.5 by 52 millimeter uh car cannon, I believe. Uh, if you look at the image it's a hefty, hefty round. Now, 
the grassy knoll was positioned on what side of this event on Mrs. Kennedy's side? It was on the driver's side. So yeah, the left side. So you're telling me that I level with the crowd that a hunk of a round missed Mrs. Kennedy, which I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on this theory, exploded the head of Mr. Kennedy, which is fat, and was able to wiggle through a fucking parade? Nobody in the parade heard a zip or was hit. There was three shots. Of course, oh. there, there was, dude, you have an act. So you have a, you have a skilled marksman. They missed it. That's not a skilled marksman, sir. No. That's a goddamn legend. Let's, if you can do that, that's something of, that's a unicorn. Eyewitnesses, and this is up to now where the stories have not changed, heard the first pop that missed that the first shot that which missed the target completely it landed several hundred yards away next to a spectator the the, and which the spectator side that, which side was that that was the lee harvey oswald side it came from behind so where the, right after side. the next shot so it was yeah it was from the it was from the book the book's deposit depository so and it landed on grassy knoll side negative it did not land on the grassy knoll side it went past it zipped past the top of the car Going past the Kennedys into uh, into the into uh, uh, I can't think of the area, but there was a couple okay, spectators so that's, that's and one one of the you're, you're you're explaining this, but you're also changing the position of the round. If it zipped over, then how did that happen? If we ours Oswald was on a vertical looking downward position, it would have penetrated the street. It did downward. It did. It hit the. I'm trying to explain to you that it, it when when the bullet landed, there was a, a hole and a mark from where the bullet struck. There was a, a someone who who saw and I mean who heard the impact of the bullet on the ground, looked at it and didn't know what it was. Like what the hell just happened? Then shortly after that, I don't know the the exact amount of seconds. That's when the next shot, the 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 shot that wounded Mr. Kennedy in the neck, was heard. And then when people started getting down and reacting within those those few seconds, which I think it was like just under 10 seconds total, that's when the wound, the, the headshot hit. And by that time, people reacted in panic when the third shot hit. All these three shots happened with like less than a minute. Right. And which, again, going to that second shot, if you look in video, it shows Mr. Kennedy rearing back. Meaning that had to come from the front of him. There's no way that somebody at that angle on a next shot, even with Mrs. Kennedy there, would have not hit him. No way. She would have gotten it in the lung, the, the breastplate, or no, the no, shoulder. No, 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 no. The, 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 the second shot, the shot that hit Kennedy's neck, exited Mr. Kennedy's neck and hit the Texas governor that was sitting in front of him. When when the when the governor, the, the front seat passenger was taken on the stretcher, the bullet fell That's out of I'm his saying. leg. So the shot was so from behind is, Kennedy. Your theory is Lee Har Harvey Oswald did it or did he was accompanied by a second shooter that dealt the fatal blow? There was two shooters. Okay, we, we agree with that. And where do you position your second shooter who dealt the, the, the lethal blow? It was on the grassy knoll, the the one where nobody, oh, where every, because oh, when, when, no, 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 see what happened. So the, the theory, was, what was explained was that when the, the head, when the headshot was hit, it, everybody was already in panic and getting down. And so it was a lot easier for the shooter to, the, the one who was on the grassy knoll to escape crawling away from the scene of the crime. 
because everybody was on the ground at that point, panicked and screaming and trying to figure out. Nobody was paying attention to what was going on behind them. Everybody was paying attention to what was going above them and in front of them where the president's car was at. Nobody ever bought it. And that's on video. You can see the records. You can show the reports from various eyewitnesses that nobody was looking behind them. Everybody was looking in front of them and above them because they heard the bullets whiz over their head. So no one, no one was looking behind them. And so the, the second shooter was easily, and they didn't find the weapon of the second shooter. Remember that because the second shooter was easily able to cover it up with his coat because it was in November. So it was a chilly, brisk day in, in Dallas. So he hit it with his, with, with some sort of a coat or garment crawled away and got away scotch-free because everybody was already in a panic. So you're saying that the fatal blow was on the grassy knoll side, which is on Miss Kennedy's side, correct? Correct. And he missed Mrs. Kennedy when they were shoulder to shoulder. Because, no, they weren't shoulder to shoulder. The way that she positioned herself, she positioned herself in a way to where she was she was turned to the right facing the, Mr. Kennedy. And if you notice, she hunched down and picked him up just a little bit in my opinion, exposing his head for the wound shot or for the fatal headshot. I have, I have no doubt in my mind that she picked, uh, she picked him up for a kill shot that she dealt. There, my thing is backtracking is how in the heck was she missed by two skilled shooters? The first, the, the the first shot went over the car, missed missed everybody. The second shot hit Kennedy in the neck, coming from behind. How he wasn't aiming. No, okay, so the, you're telling me that it came from so 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 now we now if you're saying that's three different trajectories, one coming up of above hitting the street, that's one trajectory. One coming from behind, going through his neck, that's a second shooter. Then you're saying that Mrs. Kennedy moved him for a kill shot grassy no side that's a third trajectory which what has you're been saying is three different fucking shooters negative no no okay so when when you try to get a moving target your, and this go no, listen no 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 no, no. distracting shot do not match up no you you're, you're not you're not you're not picking up what i'm putting down see because you're you're so hung up on the jackie kennedy thing when the first shot missed that was that was oswald adjusting his sight and his range to know exactly how far the bullet wasn't ridiculously over over missed the target the target was just over or the bullet just went over the intended target it was it didn't miss by several hundred feet or hundred yards no we're talking about inches and and millimeters of where the intended target or the intended bullet was trying to hit the intended target the second shot which happened within seconds which hit the went through mr kennedy's neck exited Kennedy and hit the governor in front of him. The Texas governor was within a few seconds. Now, when you're hunting and you make one shot and you miss that shot, you don't just give up and say, fuck it. It's over. No. What do you do? You adjust immediately to make that second kill shot. Yes or no. Absolutely. Okay. And so that is what Oswell did with the initial shot that missed. He was adjusting his range and wind and everything else. What skilled shooters do to make the shot. The second shot, in my opinion, was supposed to be the death shot. But 
because he didn't get again. It was just merely inches where it missed Kennedy or uh, missed killing uh, John F. Kennedy on impact. The second shooter was there to make sure that it was a done deal and the de- and the and the killing was was you know successful. The assassination was successful. Um, you're 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 putting it or making it seem that I'm saying that the bullet missed within a thousand yards. No, no, no. This was all within within a little small you know, uh, uh, inches and centimeters of the intended target, which after a few seconds, Oswald made the correction, which he did and struck Kennedy in the neck, you know, where the bullet exited and hit the governor in front of him. And that bullet is what was confirmed because it, uh, it, it fell out on the stretcher out of the governor's leg, which, you know, people are still trying to, trying to explain how it bounced in and out of the, the governor's neck. It, It like hit his shoulder uh, bounced through his 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 chest and then exited out his his uh, wrist and, and hand and then came and then ended up in his leg. So that's where people are wondering. That's why that that's called the magic bullet. You know, how did it end up in Mr. Kennedy's neck and then exit and then ended up being stuck in the governor's leg? No one it, that that right there. They're having a hard time explaining how that bullet bounced around. You know, so many so times. So the, you're you're telling me that two shooters uh lee harvey oswell was in the book depository and he was accompanied by a second shooter who and the second round was supposed to do the deed and you're saying that lee harvey oswell noticed and had to pick up the slack or did this all fall within minutes two shots on the second shoot Wait, no, no. There, there was three shots total. Two shots from Oswald right. and the and Oswald and the third shot, which is still up to this day, not sure who fired the third shot. Because if you look at, I believe, if, I believe that Lee Harvey Oswald was a better man, and he was meant to wound or maim the target. And if you look in the video, the position. Of Mrs. Kennedy and the headshot with that round, with that velocity, at your uh, distance, the fucking round would have blown through her. That would have been a one round, two kill deal. There is no fucking way she would have walked away. Her I think what in the in in the scene that I'm I'm looking at, I believe that she was broadside with Mr. Kennedy's head. Broadside, for those who don't understand, meaning the vital organs of an animal is usually front facing you, meaning you have a clear shot for that target. She was broadside to his head, but she wasn't covering so, his head. She wasn't covering standing in front. She wasn't sitting. And, and she didn't hovering, have to cover his head. she was. She didn't have to cover his head. She just needed to be around his head. So if the, and you're saying, did it come from the book depository, which was in the rear of him, right? No, no. So the, 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 the headshot came from the rear. No, I never said the headshot came from there. I well, said the, the headshot came what, from what, a different what, angle. What angle do you suspect? Oh, I, I just finished telling you the angle, which was the back of Mrs. Kennedy, which was on the driver's side, which was the left temple of John F. Kennedy. That's where the headshot is. When we're talking about skilled shooters, 
We're not we're talking about skilled marksmen that can put a bullet through an already made bullet hole. These right. are these are right. these are professional trained shooters, regardless of, of what level. When you're when you're dubbed a skilled marksman, you have the ability to make shots that normal people like you, myself and others cannot make. So Oswald's first nope. two shots were complete mess. They 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 missed the target. The first shots, the set, the I believe one shot, one kill. That's the saying that you know where you you, you need to get everything done. And Oswald screwed the pooch by by firing two rounds off. And then the the set the second shooter, which was on the 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 driver's side where the grassy knoll was located, was like, damn it! Now we have to clean up the mess because Oswald failed to do so. Yes, I believe Oswald was the scapegoat. I believe that it was a higher a higher power that that ultimately had JFK assassinated. I don't believe uh, uh, Oswald was was acting alone. I mean, although he was connected to the Communist Party, he lived in Russia for several years. He tried to denounce his American citizenship. Yeah, that is all true. But I don't think that it was a Russian hit. I believe it was a, a homegrown U.S. hit by the CIA. Since again, oh, it was a corn-fed deal, boy. Kennedy was trying to it, trying to disband the CIA. What's that? Right. It, 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 going going along with your theory, I agree with you in that aspect. It's not Russian. It, 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 I would err on your theory as far as you know matching up against Russian American, given the uh, politics, but. No, it was done by Mrs. Kennedy. 100%. I have no doubt in my mind, no argument that skilled shooters can do, as you just stated, put a bullet inside of another bullet, inside of another bullet, so on and so forth. But the forensics do not lie. All the forensics was in the rear of the vehicle. With that high-powered of a round, there would have been forensics no. on the driver and the governor. There is, There was no splatter. Everything was exiting from the rear of Mr. Kennedy. No, every to a close the, range assassination. The second bullet exited Kennedy from the front. That's that's records. That's stated in in several reports that the second bullet exited through the front of Mr. Kennedy, hitting the back of the governor, who was sitting in the front seat on the passenger side. So you're talking about the next shot. I'm talking about the next shot. The 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 second I'm not shot. About the next shot. You, I'm talking about the headshot. You the said the kill shot shows the forensics of the brain matter blowing outwards. Right, which was outwards. from which would if you if you look at the video, there is no clear indication that there was anything in Mrs. Kennedy's hand to prove that she had pulled the trigger. There, of course, there, not, there is no. Assassination is not going to leave that room. For error when thousands of people are in the crowd, they, I firmly believe that they ran her through a rigorous training session, hence why her secret went to the grave. I don't I, see. And that's that's hard for me to believe that someone who who, uh, regardless of a scorn of a woman, is going to do something in such a public venue. I mean, I, I would think that it would have done more secretive. I don't I don't see it viable that that Mrs. Kennedy would have was the was the shooter. There's there's no way that I can see that being hardcore forensics. evidence. And the, the, no, 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 the, the forensics, the forensics that you're talking about never state that the wound was a close wound shot. It was a, an exit of wound from greater than. 100 yards that it was shot or less than 100 yards but it was not a close range shot and that's in reports that's through the warren reports that was ran by lyndon b johnson and by the secret service 
there was no there's no report stating that it was a close range. Secret service that was supposed to be disbanded by Mr. Kennedy. Is that correct? Correct, but also these were also okay. reports that were <laughs> these were also reports and forensic reports done by outside organizations that had no ties, and this was several years later by any governmental officials. These are what, these were what, reports that what, were done. Several different reports and several different autopsies have stated that it was not a close range shot. And when they and when these outside sources or third parties perform these autopsies, and what funding or where was their funding given to perform this autopsy? It was, was all it was all private. From a government? It, no, it was but, private. Exactly. It was privately you're, you're funded. Giving, you're giving too much. No, you're see, talking about somebody getting a check you, and saying, "Hey, I want you to do this autopsy." But I want you to do it this way. You're, you're, see, but but you're you're, you're giving, not you're, still giving money. you're not leaving you're not leaving any any reality out there. You're you're saying that it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if if the reports would have stated that this was a government funded outside autopsy, then you would have said, oh yeah, the same government that that uh, that killed Mr. Kennedy. Now by I, by me just saying that, no, this was a private organization, private doctors that said, hey, we need to get to the bottom of that. You just finished saying that. Oh, yeah, because because the government put pressure on him saying that you're going to do this and this is the outcome that you need because we're the government. This is what's going to happen. And I don't believe that you can't you can't have you can't have a damned if you do damned if you do regardless of the situation. There's always going to be that small group of individuals who want the truth and are willing to do it for I mean, willing to do it at any cost. And that's why people go missing. That's why people get silenced and whatever, you know, get get incarcerated for 30, 40 years for jaywalking because of the government's stronghold on 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 trying to hush people. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but if you were if you were a part of something of that level, as far as a U.S. citizen, Secret Service agent, assassinating the person you were sworn to protect, where do you think that they would just kind of leave it to the wind? The, I wouldn't. The, I don't give a shit if it was a third, fourth, eighteenth party. Now I would have my people meet them and say, "Look, let them do what they want, but you make sure they understand the report coming back." Thanks. Now, by to answer that, the the Secret Service agents that were on the ground and were hired to protect the president and Mrs. Kennedy and everyone that was in that 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 uh, car. Uh, at that time were from 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 what I've read again, this is all from reports where that they had no idea of the sinister plot that was that was being created from the higher powers. So basically the ground guys did not know that there was going to be assassination attempt. Oh, oh. And by the way, I, I forgot this, this actual um, very important piece of, of the puzzle. So when when the car that Mr. Kennedy or the Kennedys traveled in was shipped from San Antonio to Dallas, there is a bulletproof clear bubble, uh, like a, a cover for the for the convertible, so people can still see Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they your- they were the the only the, it was a great day in in Dallas. Of course, it had rained the night before, and when when certain people suggested that Mr. Kennedy put the bubble on on the uh, uh, the the convertible, Mr. Kennedy said, "There's only two reasons why, or there's only two ways that this bubble is going to go, or this clear glass is going to go over me." Number one, if it's windy and, and my wife's hair gets messed up. And number two, if it starts raining. Now, another vital piece of information, when the route was changed at the last minute, which was which was completely off protocol and off off procedure, the area, 
the the area that they were driving through and through Dallas in that area, there was over 15,000 windows. I'm exaggerating. We'll say about like 8,000 windows in that whole area. There were so many windows that it is on record. This is not through the Warren report that held by Lyndon B. Johnson. This was actually personal records accounted by, by other secret services or secret service members that the secret service specifically said, there's a lot of windows. We should have, we should get them checked and have men detailed to, to guard those windows. And the person in charge said, uh, we don't have enough men to do that. So we're just not going to search the windows. Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. And, and that was and that was said through their private communication, correct? That was on record and, and recorded and heard by several, several Secret Service members on the detail where we are not going to inspect every single window. Yeah, obviously, that's uh, that's that's rehearsing the script. See, that's exactly what they were there's, doing. There's However, no... but you've already I, I firmly believe at that point they're planting a seed. If they're rehearsing the script, they're planting the seed. Okay. I remember somebody seeing something about the window. Could it have been a shooter in the window? Yeah, of course. They're planting the seed. They're rehearsing the fucking script. There was Take a shooter. Take your eyes off of the point blank killer, which is Mrs. Kennedy. Mrs. Kennedy didn't pull the, the trigger. There are no video. There's no video evidence showing that she pulled the trigger. There's no flash of the chrome. There's no, there's there no flash of the gun. There's nothing in video, and this is unedited I want, video. I want, I want you to see. I want you to look up what. what I believe. Hold on. Before I speak more out of my ass, and I'm already in. Darren. <laughs> I want you to look up a Derringer. That okay? You you can't compare. The, the, the weapons that are made now to the weapon that was allegedly used. There's no evidence. There's no anything. And on top of that, and on top of that, there is no visible residue or gunpowder that, that suggested any close range shot on either Kennedy on either Mr. or Mrs. Kennedy. And that's in that that's by several people that examine the body. This is by doctors, by nurses and by other medical professionals that there was the only, even the autopsy when the was done, the only thing that was reported was the was the head wound or the headshot. And is there any, is there any report saying that they swabbed for gunpowder residue on Mrs. Kennedy's hair and gloves? Yes, the gloves were the gloves. Hey. Number one were swabbed and checked, and there was no residue on those either. Of gunpowder, any residue? Correct. There's uh, you can't have gunpowder from a gun that you're not holding. You you can't you can't have it. There's no there's no point of the of residue on the gloves if the gloves if the gloves weren't holding the bullet, the powder or the gun itself. You're not going to have any residue, and that's that that's that's factual. If if that is the case, then that will uh, obviously trump my conspiracy theory because that's the she has white gloves. How exactly. are you going to miss that? There's not she even. She has white gloves. There, there's. I mean, you can't. You can't miss something of that magnitude, right? Unless she switched the gloves. Oh my gosh! Really? You're, you're gonna. You're gonna OJ on this now. Was it not done once? Oh my gosh! It, it, it wasn't. It was done post. The this was done post the, my, the assassination. My is, why did the Secret Service guy run up so quick? Obviously, he didn't do anything. I believe he coached her. I believe she knew everything to do, and I firmly believe that everything was in place the, to cover the the interview by the Secret Service man who jumped on the car. Specifically, said that he was in shock to see that the president 
was shot. And when he jumped on the car, he was trying to calm Mrs. Uh, Kennedy off from falling off the car when she was, she was collecting the brain matter. When he jumped in right. between them, when he jumped in between them and sat down in the car next to, to the dead president, he he told the co- the driver we need to get to a hospital immediately and he also flagged the other uh secret service agent saying that he's he's dead there's nothing that we can do so i have no argument that he rehearsed and spoke his script very well there you can't you can't rehearse no and you can't see the, there there's a there's a saying by what's the guy's name that the more people you get involved in a conspiracy the less the conspiracy or the plan. Let me rephrase that. The more people you have involved in the plan, the less the plan is going to is going to be successful. So on top of that, why would they share and rehearse with so many people and risk somebody fucking up the lines when they can just keep it within a few few people, five, ten, you know, whoever the elites uh, who are in charge of the assassination and they did. have they kept everybody. It. No, no, no. Hold on. Let me finish. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. So why would they share the or have people rehearse and risk someone when you can just get a natural reaction and let everything unfold? It doesn't make any sense to me to have other it's Secret Service it's, it's, agents to to rehearse, like you said, and, and follow the script and risk them fucking it up and doing something that wasn't practice and, you know, exposing the, the greater truth. I don't believe. Well, for that matter, uh, why would they even assassinating a president? Because there's people who hate. Why? Well, I mean, that that's not a that's not a question that that has a. You're, you're, and you're, Andrew, you're you have about, you have radicals. Not, you have radicals that want to kill people and assassinate the greater the greater power. You have the rebellions. It, it's been down since the beginning of history. If if someone feels oppressed right. enough or the hate is great enough to where that they feel they can make a change and make the world a better, they're going to make an attempt or a, of an assassination. That's just given. That goes down from basic, you know, street rules where, hey, you know, the guy's, you know, messing up what I'm what I'm doing. So let's kill him. That's the same thing for the presidents. I mean, there's been assassinations all across the entire you know world of of uh, power, powerful men. So. The, the the thought of assassination is made or, or it, it happens because people hate who's in power. So they want to rid them of the power and change the world, you know, so to speak. So the, the, the assassination, I mean, that's been going on since the beginning of time. That's how rulers get, you know, lose their <laughs> lose their rule and in and, and their reign is because they're assassinated. I mean, in, in American history, there's only been four presidents that's ever been assassinated that were successfully killed. You know what I mean? And it was all right. before the 1980s. Reagan was shot. It was a failed assassination attempt, but he was still, it was still an assassination attempt. You know what I mean? Right. Obviously, you know, as the, as the years go on, we have better security and better technology to where we're able to, to uh, snuff it before it gets out of hand. But assassinations are going to be going on regardless of how powerful uh, the person is. Someone is still going to want to have that urge to get rid of the person that's holding him down. And in this case, it was Kennedy keeping the troops in Vietnam. Uh, he was him uh, wanting to disband the CIA. It was him, uh, you know, supposedly exposing or uh, forcing his radical left ideas, the democratic ideas onto the right wing. You know, it was just a whole, when politics could come into play, regardless of, of, of who the person is, if they're crazy enough, Someone is going to try to kill him. And in this case, it was, the, again, my opinion, I believe the CIA was the one who finally said, we can't, we work too hard to, uh, to create the CIA. We're not going to, you know, lose our, 
our 80, well, at that time was probably got 70, 80,000 a year paycheck and being able to do whatever we want whenever we want. So when Kennedy said, you know, I'm going to disband them and break them into a thousand pieces to end the corruption of the CIA, which, you know, the CIA unfortunately has a history of corruption. You know, that, that, that's the shitty part is that they actually have a history of corruption. But I don't think it was scripted and I don't think Mrs. Kennedy actually pulled the trigger. I don't think she did. There, there's no evidence thing, supporting it. My, my thing is this, is exactly what you're saying, assassination, there's always going to be assassination attempts. But one thing you forgot to mention is there's always been a face, a recognition, a, a trophy, a notch on the belt with all those assassinations. That people want to know and have that acknowledgement that I did that deed. In this instance, I don't believe that there was one needed to be warranted. In fact, I further that uh, idea with exactly what you're saying. Why tell everybody they didn't? That was a CIA boy. CIA did the assassination. CIA groomed Mrs. Kennedy to assassinate her husband. That's not a huge circle. That's already a private security party sworn to be up close and personal and to protect our president at that time. That's not a huge party. The the that's not that's not a lot of people. That's that's two things. The CIA, you're already involved with the president and his wife. You're already protecting him and his secrets. Where's the huge party at? When you start involving people, one person, when, when you start getting people involved now, let's look at the, at, you also have to look at the history of, of how women were treated, how they were really considered relevant or, or, or part of anything decisive for several years. And this is, this is sixties. So the sixties were still very misogynistic. So in the eyes of a misogynist and the eyes of the, of the mentality of the men, especially those, those old white men and the old uh, government uh, you know, again, the, the women weren't weren't able to have, you know, they were still forced to wear dresses, still act a certain way and certain thing. So why would so much power and so much responsibility be given to a woman at that time? And and when women weren't even trusted or respected enough to to even work back then. So that right there dissolved your 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 theory that Kennedy pulled the trigger. There's no way in that time, in that era, in the ni- in 1963, where women didn't have rights, hardly any rights, were was entrusted enough to make it to do an assassination or to assassinate her own husband and president. There's no way. There's no way that that a bunch of men would have that kind of trust in a woman to uh to make that to what, what, put what, in that big of a position would, that, that would be that would be the perfect cover-up negative she's literally unsuspecting no no no, at no. that See, moment that's... in time she has she has no right she has no authority she has no power she's supposed to sit there with a smile look pretty wave and do as her husband says because the the where, arrogance where, was, where, would they, where would they finger her in this crime the, Nowhere. the arrogance and the ego of men wouldn't allow for that to happen. That responsibility would not, not be given to somebody. You're, you're, you're trying to associate the arrogance of men. No, no, no. It's, I'm not. It's, it's not an assumption. It, it's proven history and proven facts that the egotistic, right, the ego and the and the and the ideals of men during the 40s or actually from the 1900, actually from the beginning of time. All the way until just recently, we're talking about like late 90s, maybe, maybe a little, no, late 90s, where women started to have a voice. There's no way that the ego of a man is going to allow someone to take that big of a shot and that big of a responsibility and and not worry about the loose ties. Because if that was the fact, then Mrs. Kennedy shortly after that would have, you know, suspiciously died of a suicide. Again, 
Mrs. Kennedy died in 1994 and 1995. There's no way that many years that she would have been able to roam free and live happily ever after if she was the so, shooter. So you're, There's you're, no you're, way. You're telling, you're telling me that this elite organization so skillfully um, trained as to assassinate the president didn't have the idea to bring in an unsuspecting uh, wife who's been cheated on to uh, to perform this act because she's just a mere woman i would think that this highly skilled organization would look past that and use that rage for their benefit regarding vagina or not negative they didn't have that type that makes of no sense they didn't me. they didn't have that that but advancement they, but they had enough idea to assassinate the president they didn't have the you know, knowledge and behavior and understanding to use that to their advantage because she's just a woman. That's, I mean, that's, that, that's, you have to think about it. This is 1963. The, 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 the evolution of our president by a government, which you're saying something so high to comparing it to something so like a caveman. Well, let me, look, okay. So, well, look at, look at all the other, look at, look, let's look at all the, all the other things that's, that's happened involving government or political parties. And the most recent being uh, Epstein. Epstein was on suicide watch alone in a prison cell. And he happened to quote, kill himself. There's no way Epstein killed himself. There's no way Epstein was murdered. It was a hit put out on Epstein to hush him. And this is, goes on to a bunch of other mysterious deaths and actually involving the Kennedys. There was uh, a group of three individuals that were something involved in the political party were assigned to do a task and ended up getting into a car wreck shortly after being told to go somewhere that involved yeah. three. I can't, th I can't think of the exact same things. So if the government is willing to kill people again, the assassinate the president, which I believe was, it was an inside job and have other people involved in the story killed, what makes you think Mrs. Kennedy is going to be able to roam free and, and full of joy, happily, not happily ever after, but you know, uh, with, with, without a care, without, without a care in the world and not worry and not be killed. It, it's not logical. That's she, not, she, an, she that's not. She was, and, and the logic that comes from that is she saw what exactly was post negative she saw post assassination this guy mysteriously died in the fucking cell the fuck out of here they looked at her and said yeah he died I, in the cell i don't think they would have given i don't think they would have given her a warning i think they would have made it seem like a like a a, a suicide well, they, like they have they, many they, years they, before they didn't need to she literally is going to be the most protected person by the cia you're telling me that if it was a cia hit and the cia kills off mrs kennedy who the hell do you think it's going to come back to? They used the fear of killing other people, mysteriously, quote unquote, to put fear in her to there, keep her silent. Th that we logic, have no problem killing people. That, we just killed your husband. We just killed these two guys. You think I, we're not afraid to put a bullet in your head? That's a, you better hush up. That that logic is completely unbelievable because just number one, based off the treatment of women in the in the 60s, 